Hello, welcome to this BMJ podcast about wellbeing, sponsored by Medical Protection. I'm Abby Rimmer, careers editor at the BMJ, with an interest in doctors' wellbeing. And I'm Kat Chatfield, a trained GP with an interest in quality and patient safety. Abby and I co-lead the BMJ's campaign on wellbeing, which is so important for healthcare professionals during this COVID-19 pandemic. Today we're talking about a fund that's been set up to support medical students and doctors who've been adversely impacted by COVID-19. The fund is specifically focused on helping doctors and medical students from a black, African, mixed race or Caribbean background. Kat, I think it'll be really interesting to speak to our guest today because we know that doctors of black, African and Caribbean heritage and also doctors of South Asian heritage have been um, more affected by the pandemic than white doctors. So I'm sure that there are specific needs that those groups have that maybe haven't been addressed properly so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think something that we really haven't covered in the podcast is kind of the impact on, you know, of structural racism on doctors' wellbeing, um, which is a massive omission, really. Um, And I think it's something that that we need to be talking about and that we should have been talking about for a long time. so I think maybe COVID-19 has brought that into relief. I think obviously, um, you know, the murder of George Floyd has been, you know, sent shockwaves around the world. Um, but I think it, it's just really important to understand that not everyone's experience is the same. You know, you might um, be the same profession, you might have the same, you know, um, you sort of be doing the same job, but your experience of that job, um, your risks, the culture, they're all really, really different. Um, and I think we need to acknowledge that and make sure that as professionals that we are appropriately supporting each other and addressing some of those factors that means some people are more affected than others. Absolutely. And hopefully this this initial podcast can be the start of many other conversations about this topic. I almost feel like it needs its own podcast series itself rather than us kind of sidelining into well-being but at least we can talk about it a bit today. Well we're delighted to have on the podcast someone who is very involved in this work. Um, Dami could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah so my name is Dami Oluwale um, I'm the Partnerships and Grants Manager at Melanin Medics and I'm currently the lead for the Mind Us project, which has been spon- kindly sponsored by BMA Giving. Fantastic. And for those who haven't heard of Melanin Medics, can you tell us a bit about what it is? So Melanin Medics is an organisation that was founded by Alamide Dada and it aims to support um, Black African Caribbean medical students and doctors throughout their medical career. So right from applying um, for medicine and inspiring um, those of Black African Caribbean heritage to actually pursue medicine to throughout junior doctor's training and through on to consultancy level to um, really inspire like career progression and provide a support network as well, which which has been invaluable for a lot of um, Black African Caribbean doctors and medical students. And has Melanin Medics seen the focus of its work change at all during COVID-19? Yes. Um, so we ran a survey through our um, network of Black African Caribbean students and doctors, and we found that 86% of respondents felt that COVID-19 had impacted their mental well-being. 86% um, of respondents were concerned about racial bias would affect their career progression. 
And also 60% of respondents were concerned that COVID-19 would affect their career progression, actually. So I think we realised that there was something going through the community and going through our network in terms of the impact of COVID-19. But we actually needed to put a survey out there so that we would have that needs assessment and we would have the responses from those in our network. And the um, results of the survey just kind of confirmed that which was really pivotal for the organisation because it made the organisation as a whole sit up and say, okay, so what can we do within this community, within this demographic to better support them throughout the pandemic? So in light of that work, I think you've set up a fund to provide wellbeing support services for medical students and doctors. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, so we've set up the Minders Fund, um, which has kindly been sponsored um, so far by BMA Given. The Wellbeing Fund basically enables Melanin Medics um, to fund supportive psychoeducational therapy sessions um, by partnering with culturally appropriate service providers. So a psychoeducational session isn't therapy directly, but it's more um, sitting down with a qualified um, service provider and talking about Um, mental health care literacy and some of the things that can be done to improve one's mental health. So why do you think, Dami, do medical students and and doctors from this background and this demographic need the culturally appropriate services? That sounds like a really stupid question. But I mean, what what are the, the, how are the other services failing to appropriately support um, medical students and doctors from from this background or these backgrounds? So um, the BMA commissioned an in-depth independent research to understand the risks for poor well-being and within this research they found that interpersonal factors relating to relationships with peers such as bullying and lack of support networks were highlighted as risk factors but also they found that doctors from ethnic minorities were twice as likely to be affected by discrimination at work they were increased risk of bullying and harassment from both colleagues and patients and also um, medical students from a black and asian and ethnic and minority ethnic background found that they experienced greater levels of undermining behaviour, microaggressions and racial harassment, which in turn has an impact on one's self-confidence and one's self-perception. But alongside this, we know that within the um, Black African Caribbean community, there is stigma related to mental health and to seeking help. We also know that Black African Caribbean um, individuals are more likely to come into contact with um, mental health services at a crisis point as opposed to that initial primary care or prevention point. So all these things put together really um, necessitate the need for a culturally appropriate service. So a service that understands some of the barriers um, for Black African Caribbean people um, reaching out and actually utilising wellbeing services, but also understands some of the cultural factors within the Black African Caribbean community that can impact one's own um, mental health well-being. You know, I can understand that there's obviously you've done a really in-depth needs assessment and BMA have done a needs assessment for, for doctors of this uh, background, of these backgrounds. Um and that there is a genuine need but I suppose when I hear that I just feel really frustrated that the services that exist for doctors already that are 
specifically provided for doctors and, and their unique needs as a profession um, aren't mandated to then go further and create a culturally appropriate service. From what we've seen as an organisation, I think there has definitely been an increased awareness to some of the barriers that Black African Caribbean um, individuals face when it comes to seeking wellbeing um, services and seeking help. And one of the things that have been highlighted time and time again is the lack of culturally appropriate services for which there has been a positive response. So we've seen um, higher education institutions such as universities. We've seen student support, um, wellbeing services. We've even seen um, so service providers at an independent level um, respond really positively and go, okay, so what can we do to make sure that our services and the support that we provide is culturally appropriate? How can we work with organisations such as Melanin Medics to understand the need of this particular demographic and ensure that lack of culturally appropriate services is no longer a barrier to actually um, Black African Caribbean individuals seeking and obtaining help? So I think it's something that, yes, it's um, a bit wild to think that it exists, but actually the understanding and the acceptance of the fact that it does exist has been well received overall with organisations working hard to ensure that it's no longer a barrier. That's a great point and we'll pick up on that just after this note from our sponsor. At Medical Protection, we know how challenging recent times have been for all medical practitioners. And as they work tirelessly to look after others, we wanted to help our members focus on their own physical, mental and emotional well-being. So we've partnered with ICAS International to provide a confidential one-to-one counselling service, offering support for issues such as stress, burnout, anxiety and conflict. Members can also access a wellness app to help monitor, measure and promote balanced healthy living as well as a host of handy podcasts and webinars. Our wellbeing programme is just one of many reasons for doctors to choose medical protection. To find out more about membership, which also includes comprehensive protection, advice and risk prevention support, visit medicalprotection.org. From a, from a sense of kind of individual wellbeing, if you're not already starting at a level playing field, and then COVID hits, and you know we know it's affected everyone's mental health. But if you're already at a disadvantage, that's going mm-hmm. to disadvantage you even further. And I can see that's why you would need particular services. And yeah, and I think if you are aware that you're already at a disadvantage, you're less likely to seek help for mental well-being support because we know that some people worry that saying that they have mental health problems or saying that their mental health isn't at its best will impact their career progression and will impact their job and will impact how they are perceived by their colleagues because people don't want to be perceived as a liability. So if you're aware that you're already not at the standard or you don't feel that you're at the standard that you should be at and you're aware that there is sort of a stigma even within the medical profession regarding mental health. You don't want to add that stigma and use it as a cumulative factor to what 
you're already at disadvantage from I don't know if that makes sense so you're less likely to seek help you're less likely to say actually I'm not doing okay and it comes back to the toxic trait of resilience going no I've got to get through this because you know I'm already not starting on a level playing field I can't further disadvantage myself by saying actually I'm not doing okay yeah absolutely that makes perfect sense yeah it's really sad <laughs> you know just there is already so many barriers for people to seek help it's just it's sad that this just becomes another another barrier for people to get the help that they need mm-hmm. um but also brilliant that things are being done to address it as you said and you know one of the things that we were we always try and be positive about on the podcast is this increased recognition of how important mental well-being is mm. you know to to clinical staff um and increased awareness and, and support for services so i'm i hope that do you think that sort of reflects where you are do you think things have improved i think things have improved and they are improving and that there's room for improvement um and i think it's also about gaining the trust in a way of um people of black and african caribbean heritage that this won't be used against you you can come and seek help it's okay so it's it's both sides in a way that there's recognition there's benefit and improvements are being made but also it might take a while to see an improvement because there's also trust to be gained um from the black african caribbean community in regarding like using these services and this is a really broad question perhaps it's impossible to answer but do you think that the way the government and the nhs have responded to the covid19 pandemic do you think that's built trust you know among medical students and doctors of a black african caribbean heritage or do you think that kind of trust is has been damaged and I know that's a really really hard question and you may not wish to answer it I think to a certain extent trust has been damaged a little bit um and I think there are different levels to it so at the top government level I think the publication of certain reports and the omission of certain things has been very damaging um, to trust. But then I know that some employers have been, and some medical schools have been working really, really hard um, with Black and African Caribbean individuals. And that in turn has helped to build trust from that aspect. So I think in terms of trust, it's difficult because not one size fits it's not one size fits all across the board I think at a government level there definitely has been um a detrimental impact to the level of trust but actually at an organizational level for like medical school and um NHS trust they have been working um really hard slightly off that topic Demi I wondered if if we had medical students or doctors who were listening and some of the points you made earlier about not wanting to seek help really resonated with them I wonder if there's any advice you would have from them on on what they can do being a just being aware that there's increased recognition 
that we are a demographic group that needs help and that's not for negative reasons so it's okay to seek help and do seek help um things like the melanin medics mind us well-being fund are in place for you to seek help utilize it um like it's going to be in place whether you utilize it or not so you may as well utilize it and um just being aware that it will be with a culturally appropriate service provider as well um it will be tailored to a way where it doesn't impact your busy schedule like the service providers work really hard to ensure that um they can meet with clients at a time that's best suited towards them but also I think for people who aren't medical students or people who aren't um, medical professionals like maybe nurses or physiotherapists um, or pharmacists who have also been impacted by the pandemic there are other um, well-being funds there are other um, therapy services there are other um, service providers who are culturally appropriate and who have recognised that this is an area of concern and who are willing to help so just always seek help and if you're not <clears throat> if you're not sure where to start um irrespective of your profession contact melanoma medics and if we know of a particular fund if we know of a particular service provider who is willing um to provide a service maybe where we can't um we're always happy to point people in the right direction so i think yeah the main message is just seek help <laughs> um you know and like most of the time when you go to go seek help these things have to remain confidential so you know if you seek help with one service provider and you don't like it don't feel disheartened um you can try another one or if you've sought help in the past and you know it hasn't gone very well don't let that discouraging you from seeking help now i think that's brilliant advice Thank you, Danny. I just wondered whether the Mind Us Fund is something that people can support or contribute to. Is that how, I don't know how it works. Um, so the Mind Us Fund is definitely something that um, people can contribute towards um, in terms of funding. So right now we're offering psychoeducational sessions, but we do want to go on to offer actually um, therapy sessions where appropriate and we in talking with service providers and doing a little bit of background research we've realized that two or three sessions won't cut it for most people they will need like a minimum of six for it to be a comprehensive um for comprehensive support to be provided um so that's one of the aspects in which um people can support the well-being fund but also just advertising the well-being fund and promoting it and resharing um what we post on our social media pages so on our instagram and our twitter and also if you know of any um service providers who are also culturally appropriate and willing to help and participate in the scheme that's another form of support and if you know of any resources that you think would be useful for us to share within our network so there are like various ways in which um individuals and organizations can support um the well-being fund now Demi, we talked a bit about how people can contribute to the fund i wonder if you're someone who would like to seek help from the fund how would you go about doing that 
Um, if you would like to seek help from the fund, we have um, how you can apply for the fund up on our website. But if you're finding that you're unable to find it, um, feel free to contact us via social media or use the contact form on the website. Brilliant. And we will include it in the links of this podcast as well. Well, Kat, I thought it was really interesting to hear from Dami about the work that melanin medics are doing. I think she raised a lot of issues that we haven't actually touched on in that much detail in this podcast yet, but uh, are really great to, to draw out. Yeah, absolutely, Abby. And I think what's really interesting is that well-being and, and to an extent sort of resilience has been seen as a bit kind of soft and a bit um, nice to have rather than essential. And we're, I think now we're only just getting to the stage which the pandemic has accelerated of really taking this stuff seriously and recognising how much it makes a difference to staff. And then I think once we start doing that, you, you get to this issue that Melanin Medics have highlighted and working on so brilliantly, which is um, that then you have to be really specific about what you're providing to really give the right support to staff and make sure that it is culturally aware in, in meeting their unique needs. Um, so I think as we understand it more and, and take it more seriously, it, it gets complicated. Well, that's all we have time for, but we will include all the details of how you can access the Millennium Medics Fund in the show notes. So thank you very much to our guest, Dami, for joining us on the podcast. And you can check us out on social media. We're at BMJ underscore latest on Twitter or join the BMJ Wellbeing Group on Facebook. We'd love to hear your ideas for what we might cover in future episodes. Until next time, it's goodbye from us. Bye. Bye.